Hey, Jamie, how's it going? Hey, Susan, just getting over a nasty bug, but I'm on the back end of that. So we're doing our first Zoom podcast. It should be interesting. It should be. It should be. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Also kind of excited because it opens up people's schedules when you can do a, a Zoom interview. Um, it's been a pretty good week. I interviewed um, uh, Zola Shaw by myself. Since you were sick, she was a lot of fun to talk to. So I'm anxious to get that one out. Um, and I'm finally going on vacation this weekend. I'm excited. Oh, awesome. You want to, can you tell us where you're going? I'm going to West Point to see my son. Oh, Very nice. excited about that. And actually, my son is a nice segue into today's interview because he is a graduate of Rockville High School. And we have with us today, Amy Ackerberg Hastings and Jonathan Thesson. They are co-cluster coordinators for the Rockville schools. And they are, well, I'm sure, is that right? So there are the cluster coordinator for Rockville and we are the cluster coordinators for Richard Montgomery. Richard Montgomery. That's okay. Thank you. Um, And I will actually with that, Amy, I'm going to let you introduce (laughs) yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then Jonathan, if you'll jump in and, and introduce yourself. And we'd like to also know more about what this is, what is the cluster coordinator role for our schools? Yeah, so hi, I'm Amy Ackerberg Hastings, as Susan said, and I've lived in the Twinbrook neighborhood of Rockville since 1998. And um, I have a sophomore at Richard Montgomery High School. And um, so I got involved in PTA when my son was in elementary school and have kind of moved up the chain since then. Richard Montgomery, for those who don't know, has seven schools in its cluster. Bell Elementary, College Gardens Elementary, Ritchie Park Elementary, Bayard Rustin Elementary, Twinbrook Elementary are the five elementary schools. Julius West Middle School is the middle school and Richard Montgomery High School is the high school. And the each of those schools has a PTA or a Julius West and Richard Montgomery is a PTSA because students are also welcome in addition to the parents and teachers. And um, they each work with their own schools, supporting the teachers, supporting the students, helping put on activities, bring in assemblies, um, help with fundraisers. Twinbrook has a long running fun run that funds the field trips so that the students don't have to come up with the money to pay for buses and that kind of thing. In the Montgomery County also has um, an association of PTAs. So it's not really a governing body, but it's an ability for representatives from each of the school PTAs to come together and talk about advocacy priorities that affect the entire county. Um, There's an executive committee that is, if you see MCCPTA people on TV, it's probably someone from the executive committee. There are a number of specialty committees on curriculum and athletics and communication and various kinds of things. And then each of the clusters in the county, so each of the 25 high schools or 26, um, I should have looked up the number, 
has between one and three what are called cluster coordinators. And our job is to um, provide advice to the individual school PTAs and also help everyone come together and work together when, um, for example, when there are issues that affect the entire cluster. So I was a delegate to MCCPTA from Twinbrook um, for three years and from Julius West for one year. And then the cluster coordinators turned out and I was kind of the last person left standing. Um, and started in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. So lots of Zoom meetings. But um, but one of the reasons that I kind of came into being a cluster coordinator is one of the big projects we had as a cluster several years ago was giving advice on what the boundaries for Bayard Ruston Elementary School should be. And um, we can come back to that if um, we want to talk about that more. But I think Jonathan and I mostly want to talk today about ways that you can get involved in the PTA and how we can build better communities through the PTA. So that was a very long introduction. <laughs> and I turn it over to Jonathan to let him talk for a little bit. Before we do that, can I ask maybe a question? This has been a long running <laughs> theme on this podcast is when people say they're from Twinbrook, because I'm in Twinbrook, um, <laughs> is the difference between North Twinbrook, which I don't consider Twinbrook, and <laughs> South Twinbrook, which I consider the real Twinbrook. Are you in North or South Twinbrook? So um, Twinbrook Elementary School serves everything south of Veers Mill and right. north of Twinbrook Parkway. So I live in South Twinbrook. Ooh, I love you. So I'm, I, so anyways, all right. So we'll turn over to Jonathan. Right. Uh, thank you, Jamie and Susan. Really appreciate the opportunity to, to be on this podcast and, uh, uh, and welcome to all of our listeners, particularly those who are parents who have students who may be going back to school next week. I know this is a, a nervous and exciting time for, for both parents and children and I wish everyone the best as they return to school. Uh, my name is Jonathan Thesson. Uh, I'm with Amy, one of the cluster coordinators for the Richard Montgomery uh, cluster. I think Amy ably described uh, the cluster and the role. Um, I have three children who are at Bell Elementary School. Um, I've also served as the uh, delegate, uh, as Amy explained, the delegate for Bell to MCCPTA, um, and then have done that role for several years. And then last year also joined Amy as a cluster coordinator and I'm here uh, in my capacity as a cluster coordinator. Great. And it, I'm just so glad you could both be here at back to school time is, is just to me, I used to teach when I lived in Texas and, and I, it's just the most, you can just smell the pencils, right? Um, what is, Talk to us some more about the value and importance of PTA. I, I'll start here. Um, you know, I, so PTA, I think, is incredibly valued to, uh, to your students, to families, and to the school. And so I encourage all parents who are listening to get involved in your PTA. You know, I think first it's a way to develop relationships with your school's administration. Uh, we're very fortunate that, that our principal Bell attends every nearly every PTA meeting. Uh, and so there's a, an opportunity for dialogue with the principal, with the assistant principal um, at every meeting and a chance to build a relationship uh, there. Uh, also a chance to get to know the parents of 
other parents at your school, including the parents of the children of uh, of your friends, uh, parents of the children who are your kids' friends. Uh, so valuable relationships there. Uh, and I think third, it helps convey to your own children the importance of education and the importance of trying to uh, strengthen your school and your community. Because that's, I think, what PTA is all about. It's about supporting students, teachers, administrators, and creating uh, a better community uh, for all of us to thrive. So, uh, Amy, uh, turn to you if you want to offer thoughts. Yeah, well, that's, I um, want to mention, too, that you don't have to have a child in school to join your local PTA. Twinbrook has a history of having a number of community members be members as well. And um, you also don't have to be in a PTA to volunteer at a local school, but being part of the PTA can help make that path easier because it, MCPS has some complicated paperwork to fill out um, before you can start volunteering and the PTA can help assist with that. The other um, kind of circling back to Jonathan's first point um, on getting to know the principals, you also get an opportunity to get to know other leaders throughout MCPS. And the important thing I think is working together on advocacy that you know anyone can send off an email to the Board of Education about something that they're concerned about. But if a school PTA comes together and everyone is writing letters, then the chances that it will not only be heard, but be acted upon Upon. Um, and I want to emphasize that the board members that I've talked to, every single one of them says they read every single email. So we are very fortunate to have a responsive um, governing body for the school system. But, um, but working as a team just elevates the concerns and the celebrations in each community. Yeah, that is, that's great. Thank you. Um, you both mentioned that principals and school leaders attend the meetings. What, I mean, it is the parent teacher association. How did teachers fit in with this? What's their role? Well, I know at my children's uh, elementary school, we have a teacher who is uh, kind of a liaison from the school to the PTA uh, who regularly attends uh, our PTA meetings. And I think that you know, teachers play obviously a critical role um, in, in our schools. They're the ones interacting with our children on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and so as a PTA, we're trying to determine how can we best support teachers? Do they have all the, the materials, the supplies, everything that they need? Are there ways that the PTA through the PTA's resources can uh, you know, you know, can support teachers and letting them do things that they may not have the resources otherwise to do. Um, and it's to just facilitate communication. I think that's so key in a school to have just ongoing dialogue between parents and teachers and to make sure both sides feel just very comfortable uh, and know that that, that dialogue um, can exist very, very productively. Uh, and so um, we're grateful that our, we have teachers who are very engaged in our PTA who help plan events uh, at Bell. Um, so, you know, could not be more thankful uh, to, to teachers for doing that. That's great. That's great. So this is also something Jamie and I've been talking about. We haven't really, it hasn't come out on the podcast, but one thing we have been talking about is when you work and both of you work, Amy, you're freelance, Jonathan, you have a full-time job. Um, it is very difficult to do things like be a cluster coordinator. Um, 
Jamie and I both sit on planning commission and have other activities. It is very difficult to find the time to make that commitment. What do you say to parents who are hesitant to get involved because they are lot everyone's lives are so full. Everybody is busy. What do you say to the parent who's hesitating because they worry that they're too busy to really engage? And Amy, you want to take that one? Um, sure. It's, you know, any volunteer run organization is always struggling to find volunteers and um, making sure that everyone's is kept engaged. I think being a member at the local level, you just have that direct involvement with your school. And so that helps people um, kind of stick a little better. You don't have to go out and immediately give testimony at a board of education hearing. You can do something as simple as make some photocopies for the PTA or just come to a meeting and listen and give ideas. Um, there, so the point is there are ways to get involved kind of at different levels and, um, so you're not asking just just to be just so people understand. You're not asking that people immediately join a committee and start doing committee work. You can join. You can show up after after work at a meeting. Is there? Do you think there's typically childcare? There, you know, if you've I know Jonathan, your kids are very small. If you need childcare at a meeting, do they provide that? How do you handle that kind of thing? So it's typically up to the individual PTA. Um, so College Gardens has bar tea program and they tend to come in the evening and offer childcare at Twinbrook. Um, it tended to be a little bit more, and I'm not quite sure how it's happening at present, but it tended to be um, like the local karate club would come in sometimes and offer childcare and classes or different groups would come in and offer classes and middle and high school students, as long as there's an adult in the room um, can earn SSL hours by helping with childcare as well. That's definitely worth asking your local PTA if there's something like that available so that you can come to the meetings. All right. Well, thank you for that. Jonathan, did you want to add something? Can I just add, I know some PTAs have held hybrid meetings uh, during the pandemic. I think probably most, if not all, all PTAs moved to uh, virtual meetings. I know now PTAs are trying to move back to in-person. Hybrid meetings are one option. Um, I know we've had that uh, at my children's school um, for most of the meetings uh, the last year. And then second, just to address your question, Susan, to add to Amy's answer on how to get involved and does this all feel so overwhelming? I think if you're new to PTA, you know, think of what uh, skills do you have? What time do you have to give? Maybe that is volunteering for one event over the course of the year where you can play um, either the leading role or not even play the leading role, play a, a secondary role, but, but take kind of ownership over one aspect of that. From a PTA leader's perspective, that's incredibly valuable to have a number of people who are willing to take on a, a bite-sized, you know, kind of chunk of an event or of a part of the, the PTA's activities. So don't feel that if you join the PTA, all of a sudden you're going to be sucked in and all of your time is going to be gone. You can you know, limit how much time you give and pick where your skills, where your interests best suited, uh, and then take on that role. And I have to say, it's incredibly fulfilling uh, when you do take on a role uh, and help plan an event. Um, you know, you see kind of 
you know, the fruits of your labor with, you know, that your children's smiles on their faces. Uh, so really, you know, can't overemphasize this, how fulfilling it is to be involved. That's great. Yeah. Many hands make light work, right? There's less Susan, I, I wanted to jump in there because Jonathan referenced COVID. And so I have a question regarding uh, Montgomery County's schools and COVID. So I have a seven-year-old and COVID played a big role in my life and in the life of my peers um, who have children, you know, who started school in either 2020, my daughter started school in 2021, I have friends who started school 2022. So COVID played a big, big deal with me choosing to send my daughter to Catholic school. Um, but I have friends who decided to, you know, stay with Montgomery County. And so a question I have not being in the Montgomery County system is what lingering impacts of COVID have you guys seen in your role? I know Jonathan, you referenced, Hey, we've been doing hybrid meetings, right? I suspect that may be something that may stick around for a generation. Um, but are there any other impacts that you anticipate seeing moving forward um, in, in the school district and in your guys' role? I, mean, I, I would just mention, uh, so a couple of days ago, MCPS put, published a, an action plan to address absenteeism, uh, which is one issue that I think many of the roots are likely in COVID, although maybe not exclusively through COVID. Um, I, I, I think it's you know, it's good that MCPS is addressing uh, what appears to be a problem. Look at the statistics of uh, absentee rates, particularly among uh, farms populations, particularly among uh, black and brown students, uh, and trying to address the root causes of that. So I think that is, uh, you know, by the numbers, certainly uh, a significant problem uh, that needs to be addressed. Um, I also think there is uh, you know, some mental health and just social adjustment issues that schools have seen. We had children who were uh, not in in-person learning uh, for a year to a year and a half. Uh, that impacts kids and their development. So I think you're seeing kind of the ripple effect in schools having to address uh, those types of social emotional issues uh, as well. Amy, turn over to you. you. Well, I think that's exactly what I would have said that one of the things I've spoken with the principals a lot about over the last couple of years has been the work that they've been doing with the teachers and staffs on just re-socialization of the kids, learning what it means to be part of a community and how you get along in that community. And these things are not going to be a straight line. Everything gets better constantly all the time. They're gonna be fits and starts and ups and downs because the kids are human beings and we're human beings and the staff are human beings. Um, but, but the schools are full of people who are working really hard to care for these kids and um, you know, make them into functioning adults, which is the end goal in a lot of ways. I think that's a good point to make Amy. This is, it, it isn't sometimes the humanness of, education gets lost in the institution. I think that's a nice point, like a really good, helpful reminder for all of us. Um, so our school, changing gears just a little bit, our schools are a large part of why people move here. Um, it's a huge part of why my husband and I decided to relocate here 
Um, and in that, um, what, it, it helps to drive, because it's an attractor, it helps to drive the economy by bringing in people who value education as, as one of their main, you know, it's something that is very valuable to them and very important. What can we do to keep our schools, what can the city of Rockville and its residents do to keep our schools as good as they are and to keep, not just for our kids, I mean, it is that's mostly what it's about is keeping it great for our kids, but our schools are also part of the economic engine of the city of Rockville and of the, um, of the county and of the region as a whole. So what advice would you have? How can we be better partners? Jonathan, you want to start? Sure, sure. I mean, I'd say that we as a city need to promote smart growth so that we have the resources to serve our students and to serve our, our broader community. If you look at the schools in Rockville, uh, Bayard Rustin uh, is overcrowded. Um, I understand uh, Twinbrook has a need for trailers. Uh, we want our city's growth not to exceed the capacity of our schools to handle that growth. So I, I know that growth is always an an issue within the city uh, and just need that coordination between the city and MCPS so our schools can can handle the growth so that we can minimize you know the need for trailers or hopefully avoid the need for trailers uh, and then we can make sure that our buildings fit the the students who are coming into them each day because at the end of the day it's about serving students we want every student to be served uh, well uh, and that's best in a school building that's not overcrowded uh, so uh, that would, I think, be a, a point I'd emphasize. Amy? Yeah, and Amy. I'll say that um, the city of Rockville has historically been a great partner with the schools in Rockville. So Wooten, Rockville, and Richard Montgomery, I think, are the three main high schools in Rockville. And some of our students attend um, in other clusters as well. Um, and they have so the mayor and the council have been great at showing up for capital improvement testimony, operating budget testimony. They reach out to Jonathan and me asking what it is that we're hearing from the principals so that they can give informed, um, you know, as up-to-date as possible information about what the schools need. And um, so communicating, you know, as a parent or community member, if you have concerns about the schools, you can get in touch with the principals. Their emails are all online. You can get in touch with us. Um, our emails are currently not online, but should be soon as the MCCPTA website gets up and running. Um, and you can talk to the elected officials as well, both the Board of Education and Rockville's mayor and council members. Um, Everyone kind of collates all that information and compares notes to um, find out where the needs are. Um, the Education Commission is up and mostly running, I think. We were talking before the podcast about um, what it's been up to so far. I think it's taking some time for them to um, figure out what's going on because everyone's busy person like Susan was talking about earlier 
But one of the nice things I think that's going to be about the Education Commission is it includes the public and the private schools and the preschools. Um, so it'll be a good way for us to have conversations about what our kids need and what situations are best for each child because education is not one size fits all and what works for one child doesn't always work for another child and so the last thing I'll say there is um, I'll come back around to the touchy-feely part which is my favorite part of being in PTA which is that um, I'm in PTA not just for my own child, but for all the kids in Twinbrook and for all the kids in the Richard Montgomery cluster and for all the kids in the county. Um, I'm the kind of person that starts crying when the kids are leaving school for the day and that kind of thing. But um, there are just so many opportunities for us to come together as a community and support the kids and figure out what the kids need and be that community that supports them. Um, something I often say in my testimony is that every child deserves multiple adults in their lives. Yeah, they all weepy. Um, every child deserves multiple adults in their lives who know them. Um, you don't see them as you know part of this whole class, but know them as individuals. And um, and PTA is one avenue. Um, if you are, um, you know, if you're passionate about making life better for the whole county, PTA is one way to pursue that. Um, yeah. Well, they're all our kids at the end of the day, right? Yes. Um, Jamie, did you want to? Yeah. You know, we've, yeah, we've used a lot of time already with these two, and I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Um, so like I said, I don't have a child in Montgomery County schools, but I do read the newspaper, and Montgomery County has been in the news quite a bit, right, the school system on various issues. And I don't know that Susan and I necessarily want to substantively get into any topics or people's opinions on them. But, you know, I mean, any controversy in any organization is going to potentially impact people. And so with um, the conversations right now concerning the, the, I think the LGBT opt out provision, right? That whole debate that's happening. And recently, I think I read an article concerning a principal in Montgomery County who's potentially under investigation and, and concerns regarding the school system there. Um, realizing that teachers and administrators are probably going to do the, their very best to kind of keep any issues away from the school day. Um, what do you guys anticipate um, parents should expect on these issues for their kids when they're returning to school? And, and as a follow-up, like at, at PTAs, have there been any conversations? Have you guys talked to administrators potentially about these issues and, and, uh, and just kind of your thoughts? I don't know if Susan, you want to add, like modify my question in any way. No, I thought I thought that was good. Um, you know, it, it. I think we all know that the teachers are going to do their very best to keep things out of the classroom, but what can parents expect next week? Is anything substantively different because of the these issues? 
Oh, uh, yeah, so the executive committee of MCCPTA has sent a letter to Dr. McKnight, the superintendent of MCPS, and the Board of Education, um, kind of affirming things that we've talked about in the past, which are mostly about accountability and um, that part of PTA is making sure that everyone's voice is heard. And so if there are situations where people's voices are not being heard, um, that's a place where PTAs can come together and speak to the school system um, about making that happen. So your role is really just to make sure all families are represented. Yes. In the in yes. the conversation, in the yeah. Jonathan, do you yeah, have and I, I mean, I mean, I'll just say, I mean, I, I think MCCPTA leadership was right to come out with a statement um, regarding the allegations regarding a principal. Um, you know, those allegations are 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 severe. Uh, the alleged conduct is appalling. Um, it's, you know, MCPS should conduct an investigation as our MCCPTA leadership called for and identify the failings internally. But I, I think as students come back next week, you know, the focus should be squarely on the students and, and meeting their needs. So we have a, a very diverse county. Um, we have uh, lots of needs, even within the classes. Uh, most classrooms are heterogeneous, meaning that there are students of all abilities and there's a lot of benefit to that model uh, but there's also challenges to teachers, too, uh, to schools, to meeting the needs of every student. Um, but that's got to be our focal point. And I think, you know, as the system just tries to meet the needs of all students, how are we supporting teachers? Are we providing them with the right professional development, the right training uh, from central office so they can meet the needs of every child in the class, meeting that child where he or she is? Uh, I think that that is going to be the focus. That should be the focus you know, as we move into the new school year. Yeah, definitely. Would you say that PTA is a resource for parents who have questions about these issues? Or are they better off contacting schools directly? What would be, if I'm, uh, if my son was going, if this was his first day at Wood Middle School, what, who, and I had some questions about what had happened over the summer, either with the protests or, or the process for, um, for investigating this principal, could I call one of you, or not one of you, but my own cluster coordinator? Could I, or should would I be better off contacting the district? I think it's cluster coordinators, we're always happy to, to speak with parents, uh, particularly parents within our cluster. Um, I think, you know, as Amy described at the outset, I think part of the role is to be a facilitator to help empower parents to advocate for their children. Uh, and so parents should always feel free to contact the cluster coordinator. Um, you know, we don't work for MCPS. Uh, and so uh, there's a kind of a limit of, uh, you know, of kind of what we can do. And uh, yeah, it's all fact dependent in terms of the situation. So I, I think parents should also feel empowered, though, to go directly to MCPS um, when they have any issue. Um, now, most issues can be addressed um, by going to the child's teacher um, or to the, the child's principal. Um, and I think parents should feel empowered to do that. Um, there's other channels outside of that, but I found that most problems can be addressed 
in that structure uh, and that principals and teachers are responsive uh, when parents do contact them with a, a problem or an issue. So if I had some questions about the LGBTQ opt-out debate that went on over the summer, I should probably contact the principal's office. And then if I feel I'm unheard, I should contact my cluster coordinator. Would that be, I just want to make sure that if people, I, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, we get the pencils sharpened, we get the kids to school on Monday and we start catching up on the news after being on vacation and you've got questions. Someone might have some questions who, and so, what you're saying is perhaps the principal is the best person to call with that kind of question. Always encourage parents to be in, in regular open communication you know, with their school's principal as well as with their with the teachers of their children. So um, I think parents always feel comfortable doing that. Um, and again, we are also a resource, uh, Amy and I, as cluster coordinators. Um, you know, so whichever person that the parent feels most comfortable going to, you know, that's who I'd encourage them to go to. That's great. That's great. So multiple avenues for concerns and questions. I mean, obviously, there's nothing either of you can do to change policy with MCPS other than advocate for it um, through PTA and through consensus uh, opinions through PTA. So you're not someone who will change things, but you could be someone who has information as in like, here's a phone number you could call at MCPS um, to get an official response or to get for have someone take action. So I just, just so people know you are, as you said, you don't work for MCPS. You are parents just like everyone else um, and, and are a resource, but not an official source of information and not a decision maker. Right. Yeah. And I think um, we're pretty on the ground. So we don't do. Um, I did testify on behalf of the cluster a couple of years ago when the Board of Education was um, deciding whether to retain the school resource officer program, which is now the community uh, CEO. I forget what the initial stand for. But by and large, yeah, I mean, by and large, we watch the same news sources and read the same newspapers that all the other parents do. We don't have any kind of inside information on um, kind of the big events that are going on. But if your child is struggling at school in some way, um, like Jonathan said, the first step is to meet with the teacher. And if that's not satisfactory, meet with the principal. And as you're working your way up the MCPS um, ladder, if you're feeling like you're not being heard, then um, you can contact us and talk about your individual situation. And um, we'll help put you in contact with people that we think can be helpful. Great, great. So, all right. You have kids in school. You work closely with teachers. What's your number one piece of advice for the, the first day of school? <laughs> any, any any special things y'all do over the weekend to get ready? Or is it just like Monday, we're just going to set that alarm and we're going to rip that Band-Aid off and put them on the bus and that's that? 
So my kid is a sophomore and Richard Montgomery starts the day at 745. So he'll be leaving probably to walk over about seven in the morning. So my goal is to um, get outside, take his picture and not be um, not flat by the scowl I'm going to get from him. So yours are still small and cute, Jonathan. What are they what's <laughs> like for your family? I would say you know, try to get a good night's sleep the night before, um, eat, a, eat a good breakfast the morning of. Um, but I think also, you know, talk to your kids, you know, about the first day. I think there's the actual for, for everyone in the system, kids, parents, teachers to have some anxiety as well as some excitement. And it, you know, I think talking about those emotions uh, is healthy and, you know, kind of lets, you know, helps kids kind of mentally process that they're going to go back to school um, and remind them of all the, the wonderful things about school. They get to see their friends. Um, they get to see teachers, both new teachers, as well as some teachers they've had before, perhaps uh, in the hallways. Uh, they get to, you know, learn interesting subjects, have lunch, recess, all the great things that are part of the school day every day. Um, and so, um, yeah, we all try to be positive, uh, you know, despite the jitters that, that people, that all of us have for the first day. Yeah. Jamie? Do you guys do anything special uh, with your daughter? No, no, it's you've met my daughter. It's more pushing her out the door <laughs> and you know getting her focused. Um, you know, Jonathan and Amy have been great. I think we're kind of running out of time. I'd love for them potentially to come back because there's a lot of other issues that I think they're very s situated to be able to to look into. You know, a question that I've always had with Montgomery County is it gets touted as a wonderful school district, but I've always wondered if it has more to do with the parents, right? I think I read a statistic once that said 65% of people in the county have a bachelor's degree and we got one of the highest percentage of masters or, or, or on. And so when you take that population of people and put them in any you know, area, I think you're gonna potentially have a good school district. I, I don't necessarily want you guys to address that question now, um, just something to think about potentially for a future podcast. Cause I think that topic can make up an hour easily. Um, and, and you guys are very well positioned to, to, to have good opinions on that. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So, all right. It's the question we ask everybody. Have you eaten anywhere good lately? Any favorite, any favorite Rockville places? Any place you're going to take your kids for back to school dinner this week, or next week? Well, well, I live in the West End, and so Carmen's is a favorite stop for for my kids and, mm -hmm. and many other families. Uh, I know that's Custer, uh, not yeah, not not a sit down meal, but uh, a great part of our our community, great meeting place. Yeah, uh, for many families. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Carmen's by Hard Times right there. Mm -hmm. That's right. The Woodley Garden, right across from Woodley Gardens Park. Yeah, that's uh, a but, great little shopping center. My daughter plays softball often there. So anybody who hasn't been there, it's beautiful. You, you have the 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 pizza, not a pizza place, but the food, the the flatbread place that's right there, and then wow. Carmen's. It's wonderful. DNC's they're written up in uh, Bon Appetit is one of the best restaurants of 2022 or 23. Uh, yeah, that play that is really that is truly. And here's another thing we could do an hour on. That's truly a third place, right? That's a gathering place for for the city is Carmen's uh, and that little shopping center. Amy, yeah, well, so we're a hard times family. We tend to um, 
my husband and I are middle-aged, so our um, metabolisms are at a point we can't usually go to Carmen's afterwards. Um, you have to make it like it's Carmen's or of our time. So my <laughs> nice cream. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. It's, um, oh, in Ritchie Plaza, another place I'll give a shout out to is Ohm Indian Restaurant. It's a favorite takeout place for our family as well. That's yeah. the one in uh, where the IHOP is. I always forget the name yeah. of that center. Richie Center. It's the Richie. Yeah, Richie Center. Center. Oh, I love yeah. Ohm. Ohm's, Ohm's wonderful. That is definitely one of our favorites. So, Susan, I have three places I've tried in the last week before I got sick. Oh, the no. first place, if people haven't heard of, is uh, Grandma's Ice Cream and Waffles on Goody. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what they advertise, waffles with ice cream. It's amazing. Um, I finally got to Korean place called Ararong on Goody. It's been around for like 30 years. I had the fish pancake, which isn't actually a pancake. It's like this onion chive thing with a bunch of seafood. It was amazing, wonderful. And finally, I told you I was going to eat at El Pisico, which I did. And here's my report. I grew up in Vegas, so I love great service. And they have probably the best service in the city of Rockville out of all the places I've eaten at, bar oh none. The prices are really good, right? Not as expensive as you think. The inside is wonderful looking. The food, eh, it's fine. So, so you know, good. At, like it's a it's a place to go for a nice uh, meal, but. You know, when compared to the other Italians, I'm not sure I can rate it higher than any other place, but that's just my opinion, you know, to each their own. Well, that's great to know. I, I think I told you last time we we uh, were together that that's Il Pizzico is on our list. So look forward to trying it. And also the Korean place. I, I mean, I live in East Rockville. I should know these places on Goody. And I, I, I know of Grandma's Ice Cream and Waffles, but like Amy, I have... Uh, run out of runway with my metabolism uh but the korean place i don't i'm not even sure where that is i'll have to look that up so it's in on the same strip mall as the humane society thrift store oh okay okay um i i'm an organist and i practice next to gaithersburg high school and so i drive goody hmm. every day and drop off my compost at the drop-off site off of goody nice good for you good for you well, Jonathan and Amy, thank you so much for being on uh, with us today. It was our, I'm sorry if it was a little rough on Zoom, especially we can't see Jamie. He's been quite sick and he is not up for video, but uh, I hope we can uh, talk again and good luck with back to school and um, this empty nester thinks y'all are a bunch of suckers and <laughs> not really, not really. But anyway, thanks a bunch and uh, have a great start to the school year, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Susan. Yeah, thank you, Susan. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you.